Well, hi everyone, and welcome back to Crosswires. It's James here, and I'm remembering to mention the name of a show and who I am at the start because that's a little inside. Well, it's not so much an inside reference; that's a reference to one of my guests' tweets. Today, we're going to be talking about podcasts. Yes, I know you're listening to a podcast using a podcast app, and the fact that you are listening to this podcast means you probably know something about podcasts. But well, maybe not it. that much. You never know. Well, that's it. We can't assume anything. So my guest today is uh, someone who you've you've heard her name before. She's helped us get many guests through being an. I'm I'm just going to say this to make her blush. Being an awesome part of the Squadcast community and just really, really helping everyone in my community get along. Please welcome Ariel Nissenblatt. Thank you for having me, and I'm sorry that I spoke before I was introduced. Now I'm officially here. <laughs> yes, you are now officially here. Do you know what? It's an interesting one. I've never had a problem with like, guest speaking before they're introduced. Ariel, thank you so much for joining me. I, I, I thought, you know, we've talked to Zach from Squadcast about Squadcast. And we've talked a lot about technology. You know, we've talked to Dan from Focusrite about audio interfaces, but we haven't really talked about what podcasts are, why they're so enduring. So I thought it'd be really good for uh, for me and you to have a chat. Before we start, do you want to give a little bit of your background and tell people sort of who you are and maybe why you're here? Yes, would love to. I am obsessed with podcasts. That is, I think just like the way to define me right now is Ariel equals podcast obsessive, Ariel equals podcast enthusiast, podcast lover, podcast community lover. So I love podcasts from the listening perspective and from the the creator perspective. I started working in the podcast space almost six years ago just because I was obsessed with listening to podcasts and wanted to find a way to be paid to work in this space. And I started a podcast recommendation newsletter that I still run. It's a weekly newsletter that gives you five episodes on a theme, and each week is curated by a different person. So that has that started in 2017, and I have never missed a week. And I'm really, really proud of the lists that we've built over the years and how much the newsletter has grown. And I've monetized the newsletter, and I used the newsletter to to get jobs in the podcast space, to get connections in the podcast space, and to really be able to figure out trends and what kind of shows are working. And, you know, for example, I noticed this year that there were a lot of scam podcasts. And then in the second half of the year, there were a lot of climate change podcasts. So I'm just I have a, a really good sense of what's going on in this industry by way of this newsletter. And um, the newsletter has, you know, helped me get jobs working with podcast listening apps. I worked for CastBox for a while. And then for the past two years, I have been at Squadcast, the software that we're using right now to record this podcast. And I uh, manage the community and I help run the content there. Fantastic. And yeah, I would, I cannot say enough how much fun it is to see Ariel's tweets on podcasts. Massively encouraging, especially, you know, I'll just be really transparent. As we record right now, Crosswise is a relatively small show. But one of the things that's really encouraged me is Ariel and others, that encouragement of, yeah, your numbers might be small, but you can grow and here's some tips to grow. I don't know what it is. It's Podcasters seem very different to YouTubers. We don't seem to compete as much, if that makes sense. I completely agree with that. I always talk about how how collaborative the podcast space is. And I think, and I, I've tried to theorize why this is. Like, why are people so willing to help each other out if it means, you know, having me as a guest on your show you and then vice versa. But also, 
setting up cross promos and figuring out creative ways for us to appear in front of each other's audiences. And I think I think the reason people are so willing to to jump on the phone and chat and talk about, you know, what works and what doesn't and what you could do to grow your show or your newsletter is because we know that in order to grow, collaboration is the way to go. It's to, like I said before, get in front of each other's audiences and help each other with that. And for that, there's a one-to-one swap. So I think people are really, they recognize that. Absolutely. And it has been, I can say from my experience, you know, I, I will say, you know, obviously the guests that we've had on the show everyone's been so genuinely like, excited to be on the show. And one of the things I love about, and I'm not just saying this because Ariel's here, one of the things I would love about a tool like Squadcast is that we can see each other. We can react to, to each other's sort of um, facial expressions to make sure that, you know, one of the things I love about Crosswise, and I hope this comes across to everyone, is that this is meant to be more like a chat than an interview. It's meant to be two people, literally, I think, both drinking coffee at the moment. What time is it by you? It's too late to drink coffee. No, never too late to drink coffee. It's it's just after three p.m. No, you're here. right. I'd still be drinking so, coffee. I think I. I mean, but interesting. My friend Ollie was saying that his grandmother used to drink espresso like after the like late European dinner at like eleven at night, and it didn't keep up. I can drink coffee and go right to sleep after. So I, yeah, okay. so I get that. I don't know. I think it's an ADHD thing, but who knows? I really, really could go to sleep at any time of the day. <laughs> Oh, me too. I'm, 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 I could potentially, potentially take and yeah. take a nap while we record it. Wait, no, I won't do that. Okay, but before we start talking about you know how to grow your, how to engage with your podcast audience, maybe we should talk a little bit about what podcasts podcasts are and maybe dispel some of the myths. Because let, let's start out of the gate with the first one: Apple did not invent podcasts. Yeah, I mean they they. Some people say they didn't even invent the word podcast. I've heard multiple theories. I've heard. You know, the Apple the Apple saying is it's a portmanteau of iPod and broadcast, which I believe. But then there's also um, portable on-demand broadcast, podcast. Um, that's that's what Evo Terra believes, if you're familiar with him from Podcast Pontifications. I don't know what the answer is, but either way, Apple is very highly associated with podcasts. Do you think, I mean, certainly things like iTunes, I think probably made podcasts more accessible. Yes. Yes. It's interesting because, you know, Leo Laporte, who will always, I think, still calls his shows netcasts. He doesn't use mm, wow. the term podcasts. And, um, Old school. Yeah, proper. But, and he was, you know, him and the early podcasters, you know, in the tech space, like... Um, like Adam Curry, Podfather. <laughs> yeah. What do you think it is that makes a podcast sort of almost a unique yeah, a unique form of content. I can speak to this question from my own personal experience, which is that I did not listen to podcasts for real, or I didn't recognize what I was listening to as podcasts until 2014. I didn't grow up listening to public radio. Um, I grew up listening to radio, to FM. I have a favorite radio station called The Peak 107.1. WXPK. I love it. I always shout them out when I'm talking about radio because I still love them. I've been loving them for like 15 years. They're great. They send you a birthday note every year. It's lovely. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. Um, but I didn't grow up listening to spoken audio. I didn't grow up listening to talk shows. I watched a lot of TV. Um, I barely read books. I wasn't really a big book reader. I um, hate reading, actually. <laughs> like still to this point, I... Um, 
I don't prefer to sit down and read a book or to read an article. I'd rather listen to it. And for a while, I thought that that meant that I was like not intellectual or was not that smart. I thought you had to read in order to be considered smart. But I realized that through podcasts, I am able to um, consume so much more content and to digest it in a way that works much better for my brain um, when I'm listening to podcasts. So that's what works for me is I've been thinking a lot about that. I am able to triple, probably even quadruple what I'd be consuming if I were only given the option to read. And I love that. And I am plugged into so many more worlds. I've met so many more people. I have heard stories of so many different places that places that I would not have been able to come across if it had not been for for audio. So for me, it's such an enduring medium because for, I'm able to listen to so much more than I would otherwise and, and connect with people. I, I think there's something to being able to take podcasts with you as you go about your day to while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're gardening, while you're cleaning, while you're doing whatever it is. I found a new activity that I like to do while I'm listening to podcasts, which is um, I put my AirPods in and I go to a park and I find a wall and I hit the tennis ball and I just go, I'm able to listen to so many podcasts and play tennis and it's awesome. (laughs) Um, So for me, it's like, if I'm whenever I go back to that tennis court, I hear the stories or I remember the stories that I was listening to that first time. And I think that's such an interesting way to consume media and to have media stick with you. Absolutely. And the big thing for me is the fact that there's so much choice in how you consume your podcast because podcasts, for the most part, and I said we wouldn't touch on this, but I'll mention it. For the most part, you can use any any podcast app to listen to any podcast, with the exception of some content which is exclusive to some platforms. Now, we could have a whole debate on whether or not we think that is a legitimate mm-hmm. thing. Obviously, it's for people, and you know, if people want to pay for content, great. Because you know, I'm be really the example I'm thinking of is Spotify exclusive mm-hmm. podcasts. But of course, Apple are doing the same with uh, Apple Premium stuff. Luminary tried it a while back. There's there's a few. Yeah. Luminary had a little bit of controversy because they were they were taking people's content without consent, I think is Yeah. The controversy that I remember is that when they first started, they just made some weird posts about uh, they they had a weird social media approach and it turned a lot of people off. So that that's one of the things. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, so you could you if you like Apple Podcasts or you like Google Podcasts, great. But if you want something maybe a bit more fully featured, you know, there's uh, Ariel mentioned uh, Castbox, there's Overcast. I use Pocket Cast now. So I, I was a Castbox person for a really long time, but their visual ads have really if you don't pay for the, for the premium, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of visual ads to X out. That can be frustrating. I still go on Castbox every once in a while because I like to I like to go to all the podcast listening apps to see how things are and see what's being featured on the home pages and things like that. So I still listen to a good chunk of my hourly podcast listening per month on Castbox, but I would say the majority right now is shifted over to Pocket Casts. What do you use? Me, I'm I'm oh, now I'm an overcast guy most of the time. But Good Pods is really growing on me at the moment. Mm. I, yeah, good community approach over there. I really like what they're doing. And the fact that they've now got a web version, yeah. literally in the last few days, yeah. they've now got a web version. I really like that. But it, again, it's all down, I think it's all down to personal choice. Totally. But, you know, I've been an Overcast 
I'm an Overcast Premium subscriber because I want to support what Marco's doing because, you know, he's really putting some effort into that interface. As a, And it's interesting. You can definitely tell the apps that are built by podcasters. Mm. You know, Overcast has that. Yeah, I get what I need to show for podcasters. Now, that's one, one thing that's probably worth talking about a little bit is how we how podcasts sort of are delivered because a lot, again, there's a common misconception that particularly for Apple Podcasts, that Apple are hosting the audio. That's, again, not the case. And you typically, and there's so many ways to host audio as well, but the creator of that podcast, in this case, Crosswires, we're hosting our audio, at least at the moment, with Substack. Wow. That is changing, folks. Yeah, so Substack is, honestly, it's a very overlooked platform because it's seen as a newsletter yeah. platform. They do have they do have podcasts, yeah. Do you also put it out as a newsletter and then have the player up there for people to click on? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Unique mm-hmm. approach. Now, we are changing, Matt. We're, we're moving to a, word, a fully you know, WordPress site. And the reason, simply, being you know, as amazing as Substack is, we don't have the controls that we would like for things like transcripts. Mm. We don't have the ability to... So we've just literally, as we record this, tomorrow, the first episode of our new sort of sub-show, Charging Status, which is a EV, UK EV-focused podcast, hits the feed. But I can't separate that out easily to have its own feed. You know, men be able to do premium content off the back of that. That's kind of a thing. There's so many options, some free, like Substack, and a lot, uh, you know, a lot of paid options. And... What do you think is important if someone is wanting to start a podcast and wanting to look at hosting? What do you think of the things they should be looking at? Yeah, I actually was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, so perfect timing. I think you have to decide, first of all, how much you want to spend. Um, I feel like most of the most popular tiers or the most popular plans for most podcast hosting sites are between twelve and fifteen dollars U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's mostly what you're going to find. But then, if you want to spend a little bit more, you can go to Megaphone, and you can have a few more capabilities and analytics at your disposal. I have used at various times Buzzsprout, Simplecast, Spreaker. Those are the ones that I have the most um, experience with. I actually use. All three of those right now for different podcasts, and I like all of them for different reasons. Buzzsprout I like because it is very, very easy to use. It makes the interface is incredibly easy, and you can, you know, exactly what you're doing. What I like the most there is that once you are setting up your podcast and you want to make sure that it is available on all of the podcast distribution platforms, they make it super easy to see that, oh, your podcast is now on this one. Your podcast is now on this one. You have not uploaded it or you have not submitted here yet. Do you want to do that? I really like that. That's a really great um, way to to present the data. That is nice. And it, it, that's one of the hardest things I found is to make sure we are on, are on all yeah. the services list. That's the thing I found is the forms. Let's be honest, some of the forms for submission, some of these directories are a little bit... Um, They're convoluted. And they, they, sometimes they just don't look easy to use. And that's that's a big part of it is like UI is really important. People need to be able to understand what they're, what they're doing or else they're going to have tons of questions and they're going to tweet at you or they're going to email you and the email's not going to make any sense because they don't know what they're doing. So really important to make your websites easy. Another thing to consider is some of the podcast hosting sites have the ability for you to create audiograms right there, right there on the page. So Buzzsprout has that. I'm sure a few others do as well. That's the one that I have experience with. Um, 
You also want to consider some podcast hosting sites have the ability to transcribe your audio. It's not going to be a perfect transcription. You're still going to have to go through it and make sure that it looks good and that everybody's names are spelled correctly. But that's a really, really great option. Some other podcast hosting sites allow you to do dynamic ad insertion or to to get paid. Buzzsprout just turned on the ability for you to get paid. This sounds like an ad for Buzzsprout, so I'll move off of them. But Spreaker... Spreaker also allows you to turn on the ability to monetize. Red Circle does as well. So you got to think about what you want. Anchor is probably, um, Anchor does have the ability to help you monetize your podcast, but I've heard a lot of people complain that they don't have such great analytics. So there's lots of trade-offs when deciding what your hosting site is. And Anchor is, you know, again, for transparency, is owned by, it didn't used to be. And but and a lot of her stuff was focused on using their app on the, the phone to record. And while you can absolutely go and import audio, it certainly wasn't as good as something else that we're using right now. Something interesting to think about, though, is when you are building out the marketing plan for your podcast, a word, a, a phrase to consider is let's develop a co-marketing plan. So one of the best ways to grow your show is to be quote-unquote friends with podcast listening apps, because if you get your show featured on a podcast listening app, that is a really, really great way for it to be in people's faces when they're deciding what podcast to listen to. So Anchor, for example, product of Spotify now, when you are filling out the form, uh, the, the Spotify form to be featured on Spotify, I think it's US only at this point, um, when you're filling out that form, They ask, there's a section at the bottom that says anything else we should know. And that's where you would say, if you host with Anchor, we host with Anchor. They're going to like that because you are developing a co-marketing plan with them. They're helping you. You're helping them. So just some things to think about. Um, You you might be giving up a lot by using Anchor just just to tell Spotify that you're using Anchor for the hopes of getting featured. But it's something to consider. And it's, you know, like, for example, one thing I've been really keen on doing is uh, promoting, being trying to be balanced in who we promote as, you know, podcast players. But because of the social features in Good Pods, which we talked about before, in our episode notes to say, hey, oh, why yeah. not start a discussion about this episode on Good Pods if you use them? And trying to engage them, engage with them on Twitter when they promote something, you know, I'll promote it in the Crosswise account. I would like to think we're fairly, you know, we're fairly generous in who we promote. Yeah, you guys have great social media. Yeah, you do a good job, you know, taking the squad shots. Oh, we try. Tagging the people. The When they're tagged, they, they share it. So I really like that. That's a great approach to have. Yeah, I mean, another example of co-marketing would be Apple, um, a year and a half ago-ish, released the ability to, to, do, to have subscriptions. And anybody can have a subscription within Apple. And Apple has a form where you can apply to be featured. And again, they have a space where you can add more information. And that's where you would actually, they have a question that explicitly says, do you have a subscription on Apple? And there is reason to believe that if you have a subscription on Apple and you apply via that form, that you're more likely to be chosen. Because if you go to Apple Podcasts, you'll see that they dedicate a lot of space to subscriptions. So you never know. Now, one question we've got subscriptions, and this is a genuine question that we have to consider. Right. Because talk about making money off podcasts, you may not be at that place where you want to do that. And it's a it's a big decision. Um, you may just want to be doing it. I mean, certainly Crosswires, we do want to be, you know, monetizing the show. One thing I want to say is that we always want that to be an option for people. We want to give you great content that you don't have to pay for, but we, you know, we want to add extra value as well. Um, that's our thing. We don't really want to make, it's hard. It's a hard tough, but, in terms of all these different subscription options, particularly, say, Apple, 
Can that then tie back into something like, let's say you've got a central Patreon that you're doing. Is that something, because the concern I have as a podcaster is overloading my listeners with with too many choices to support us. Yeah, with too much extra content. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, you're going to want to make your Apple content exclusive to Apple and your Patreon content exclusive to Patreon. And that's going to be a lot. So for now, I would choose one. And if if at some point down the line your your subscribers are clamoring for more options, more ways to support you, not that they're going to support you on multiple platforms, but some people don't use Apple Podcasts. Some people don't want to create a Patreon account in order to support you. So there might be multiple reasons to have different ways to support you. Um, you could just do Buy Me a Coffee or some of those other sites like that. Memberful. Memberful, which I didn't know until recently. They're also Patreon. Memberful is Patreon? Yeah, okay. they're a Patreon company. Okay, yeah. that's very possible. I signed up for them five years ago, and they were not at the time. I think they are. Yeah, they are now, which is fine. I'll be really transparent. I I said on Twitter, we're not going to use Patreon because they let their security team go. And a good friend of mine pointed out, well, did you think maybe they had a good reason? Oh. They've maybe outsourced to experts need to take everything in context. Yeah. Um, and it's re- that's really important in anything we discuss. Now, in ter- so in terms of let let's talk about what m- what makes a good what a good podcast is is subjective but you shared some tips recently for some almost best practices for podcasters to do and it's the joke i made at the start of the show yeah. to introduce yeah so so many people forget to tell you who they are what the name of their podcast is and what you're going to get out of this episode and of course There are formats, there are genres of shows where you don't want to be that obvious. Like fiction, for example, you're not going to say, hello, my name is Ariel Nissenblatt. This is the blah, blah, blah fiction show. And on this episode, you're not going to give away the plot. You're not going to do that. But let's talk about chat shows. Let's talk about, I don't know, um, shows where you're going to learn something by the end of the episode. Those are the types of shows where you want to let your listeners know who you are because you are the expert in this material and you need to give them something to Google, you know, some way to to prove that you're an expert in this, right? So if you're talking about medical devices and and you're going to remain nameless, that's probably not a good not a good idea. You probably want to be googleable. You probably want people to back up the fact that, you know, they they are searching for you and you have this knowledge. And naming your podcast in your intro is important just so that people are oriented. And somebody pushed back on my tweet and said, if they clicked on your episode, doesn't that mean that they know the name of your podcast? And I'll say yes. But sometimes your cover art might not be the most welcoming piece of cover art in the world. You know, maybe you don't have um, the name of your show listed on your cover art, or maybe you do, but the font is like, not so pretty. And I just think it's a it's a great idea to let people know why they're here, why why you're here. Um, and I love letting people know what they're going to get out of this episode. And then at the end of the episode, doing a quick recap on what they got out of it. And you don't have to be so prescriptive. You don't have to be so obvious. But I do think it's worth it to paint the picture for people. Absolutely. And one thing, of course, I just thought about is if you're using an app that has like a podcast playlist feature, and I've done this, I've had like my, uh, when I used to be better at going out for walks, I need to get back into that. I would have a walking podcast playlist that I'd start from the Apple Watch and it would just go through and play. Well, of course, I'm not looking at what episodes I'm going through. So it does help to have that 
okay, now I'm listening to, say, for example, uh, Accidental Tech Podcast or, uh, you know, Mac OS Ken. I'm naming some of the stuff on my list, actually, or, you know, Cross Wires, or um, I'm going to name drop a few of our, of our fellow squadcasters, uh, Art Heals or Wounds. Hip Hop Can Save America. And, of course, how can anyone forget Manny's stuff? Such a nice guy. So, in terms of the actual sort of format of the episode, there's so many different ways. Like we're doing right now, we're just having a, a relatively unscripted chat. We had a little chat before we started to say what we're going to cover, but we're having a bit of a chat. Do you think there's any formats that don't work too well for podcasts? I mean, I've heard podcasts where people just leave dead air for like two minutes while we're thinking about what we're saying oh no thank you <laughs> no i mean how so that's a, so how important is structure and how important is editing yeah. to a finished product i i think there's an argument to be made for i'll believe it when i see it like i think any any format any structure could work if done right i know that's kind of a cop-out answer but i really think that like if you are the right personality and you are intentionally coming up with a structure that works for you and works for your audience, go for it, you know? And if artistically it makes sense to leave two minutes of dead air, go for it. But, you know, probably not advised. I think if you're having a chat, like if, if you and I were, if you and I, if I were coughing for two minutes and I, I muted myself and you yeah. forgot to edit that yeah. out, I think that would Absolutely. be a big mistake. And I'm, <laughs> and that's the other thing, of course, is it is very easy when you're doing a VoIP call, even something as good as Squadcast to interrupt each other. Yes. I do try and move things around a little bit in the edit and I... Crosstalk is annoying. It really is. And I am a New Yorker and I love to talk <laughs> over people and I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I need to be careful who I'm letting on this show, don't I really? Yeah. <laughs> so, now, to be fair, honestly, none of, none of my guests have been a major vision. And one of the things is I do try and edit out ums and ahs as much as possible because one thing with editing for me, and I don't know if you agree with this, I want the editor to never sound too machined, too overdone. I want it to be natural. So, you know, maybe an occasional um like that one will stay in the in the show especially if it's very close to a, a sentence mm -hmm. but editing can make such a difference for time for flow certainly uh, maybe to clarify a point i know i know i stumble over stuff in in certain recordings and i'm a big fan of ferrite on the ipad for recording but i know there's so many great options out there one thing i wanted to ask you about what what do you now we've got to be a little bit careful because i know there's a uh, there's a certain degree of partnership here between Squadcast and Descript. So in positive terms, Descript is an awesome thing that's come along. Yeah. What do you think to that in terms of where that might lead to in the future? Because there are obviously limitations, and I think I'd, I'd like to think the guys at Descript would say, yeah, we know there are limitations. It might not handle every accent. It's, it's struggled with my Northern English accent, for example. Yeah. I love Descript. I think it's amazing. I think it's super powerful. I, as a creator, I think it's super important to transcribe and Descript makes that very, very easy. And it makes it really easy to create beautiful looking audiograms that highlight each word as you're going through it. So I'm a big fan of Descript. I think what you're referring to is their upcoming more robust AI. So they have this really cool product. Uh, is it fully fleshed out I think it's, close. I think it's sort of beta, okay. isn't it? Yeah. So basically, you can edit Descript like a Word document. So if you see an um, you can backspace, you can delete the um on your keyboard and it'll delete it from your audio recording, which is amazing. But in the future, if you want to re- type in an um or more likely if you want to type in a full sentence that you forgot to say 
it has your voice. It can figure out a way to AI your voice. And it's amazing, but potentially dangerous. I don't know. So these are these are the concerns that are happening, not just with Descript, but across the web. Um, you know, you don't want anybody to put words in your mouth. So if, so if you had access to my recording, you could make me say something that I don't want to be said. So I'm sure that there are some precautions in place and best practices and precautionary tales to make sure that this stuff doesn't happen. But you never know. Technology can be beautiful and it can be scary. And that's kind of a recurring theme on Crosswise. Technology is a very powerful thing that has its positives and its negatives. You know, I want, I'm trying to line up an episode with, you know, we've, we've talked to Crazy Ken about scam products, but I want to get what, um, someone who, one of these, the YouTubers who uh, goes and challenges with scam call centers. I want to talk about that and try and help people understand where those scam calls are coming from. Now, in terms of transcription and uh, audiograms, they are great features. And so, again, relating this to, to this show, we at the moment don't do transcripts, partly because there's not really a, an easy way to do it in Substack. It's one of the reasons we actually look as we're moving. Is it essential for a start a podcast that's starting off to have transcripts and to have audiograms audiograms obviously been great for promoting on social media in particular but they do cost money i don't know many really good free tiers that can help people start off with a volume like Mm -hmm. this show for example being about you know usually we go for about an hour well that's gonna if we do every episode that's gonna be you know maybe four to five episodes of transcription a month because we try Mm -hmm. and record more episodes in a month then there are weeks of, you know, we've got a bank of episodes. How it, so looping back to my question, how important do you think it is? Is it something that you can say, okay, once you've grown to a certain point, or if you have listener demand, where, where do you think that point is to really start having to consider it? I think you should be transcribing from the start, and that's an accessibility thing. Yes, it takes more time. Yes, it may be more expensive depending on your hosting site. But I think it's important, and I do not think that anybody who needs a transcript should have to ask for a transcript. Bottom line is it should be as accessible to people who um, want to read or use a screen reader than it is to people who can use their ears to hear it. Let's see. Audiograms, you do not need to do. (laughs) You do not need to do. Uh, I would also say you definitely don't need to be audiogramming your entire episode. Headliner has a free tier that should suffice. Headliner has, I think you get a few minutes every month with a watermark or without a watermark. I'm not without a watermark. And then um, uh, after that, you have a watermark. But I would definitely look at Headliner as a great option for audiograms. And when you're creating audiograms, I would put the captions there as well, again, for accessibility purposes and because it looks good. Let's see. Yeah, Descript also has a free tier. I think they, they give you a few hours a month or something like that to check out. And audio. the reason I say you don't need to be audiogramming your entire episode is because nobody is watching that. <laughs> no. And the only reason to create audiograms at all is because it acts as a teaser for your podcast episode. It's not necessarily going to cause people to view the audiogram and then hop on over to your podcast to listen to the rest of the episode. But your goal on social media should be to entice people to make sure that they think of you as an expert, make sure that they like your personality so that later, if they are looking for a podcast episode about technology and about um, social media, something that Crosswires, you know, talks about, then they're going to think of you and they're going to go listen to your podcast. And it's because of all of the social media content that you put out that makes them think 
think I want to hit play on that episode. Excellent. So audiograms are more about uh, are more about promotion and enticement and you know advertising, getting people on board. But you've hit the nail on the head. I agree with you. Transcription. It, it's interesting, but I don't do transcription. I'm I'm going to be honest. It has been a cost thing for us. Yeah. But you're in. Yeah, me too. Yeah. For, you know what? I think we're just going to start doing it. I'm going to talk to Jay. I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, you know, many of you know, I, I am visually impaired. I am hard of hearing. So I, I feel a little guilty that I've not done that. <laughs> I, I should be the first out there um, sort of s- suggesting. So, and you know, you can do it manually if you want to do it manually. I know, for example, it's much easier where you've got a scripted podcast, for example. So um, Dan Vincent, who does Userlandia, because his show is scripted, he can just put his script there is um, debate on that. Oh, okay. You know, a script might be, unless it's like an exact copy, um, there could be some other words that pop in here or there. Um, right. There are some really great accessibility consultants. One of them is actually in the squad pod. His name is Kevin Lowe, and he is awesome. He has a podcast called The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. Might have changed the name. I'm not exactly sure. But he is visually impaired, and he is an accessibility consultant, mostly with um, websites, but he's looking to get into the, the podcast space there and help podcasters make their content more accessible. But yeah, there's there's a lot of debate when it comes to like what is the right way to create transcripts because um, he's visually impaired. He's not hard of hearing or deaf. Yeah, lots of different accessibility needs um, when it comes to making content available to everybody who wants to be able to consume that content. Absolutely. And thank you. This this is one of the reasons I love having discussions like this, to be able to challenge, you know, uh, this is challenge my you know, my thought processes. And that's one of the things I really want to do. So thank you. So everyone, we will be having transcripts. I will talk to Jay and we will figure out a way to do this. Uh, just just for transparency, as many of you know, Jay's joined the team. Jay and I are, uh, you know, working on this together. It, Co- Crosswires is, is our platform now and we share equal responsibility for the content. You know, Jay absolutely is focusing more on the streaming side and, and teaching me how to stream. <laughs> so, yeah. There's one thing I wanted to uh, talk about, and it's something, again, that really impacts our show, is listener engagement. You know, we, we in this show say, oh, you know, uh, drop a comment. Yeah. Uh, discuss on uh, on uh, Good Pods or send us an email. And I love that. And, of course, you know, most weeks our mailbox goes empty. Oh, answer James. Say hi to James. Uh, but we do have people who regularly the comment now admittedly one of those is jay she just likes to comment <laughs> on every episode she's a call-in girl um I, I that's what i call it every podcast that asks me to call in i call nice. it so i'm a call-in girl nice. <laughs> but what do you think it is for for listeners that puts them off yeah. calling him that puts them in uh, that call to action i think a lot of people are doing a lot of things while they're listening to podcasts and it depends what space your podcast occupies in their day. Are you a commuter podcast? Are you a cleaning podcast? Are you a this podcast? Are you that podcast? It could be that their hands are not available and it could be that your call to action doesn't entice them enough to remember it to the point that they're going to, when they have a moment, comment or email you or this or that. So you just have to put yourself in the shoes of your average listener and try to figure out what they're doing while they're listening and what could cause them, what barriers are there Mm. that are causing them to not listen to your call to action. The other thing is, and I've tested this out a few times and it has worked, is being very obvious about why you want them to reach out. And that reason has to be legit. So sometimes I'll say, I really do need to hear back from you because I need to know if you like this section of the show. And and sometimes I sound like that. I sound intense. And I say, you, you're not off the hook. 
you right there, you listening, you are not off the hook from responding to me. <laughs> I am talking to you, you know, things like that. Just like have a little bit of fun with it. And I, for me personally, think about what makes you convert to to answering somebody. And for me, it's pretty easy. Like I said before, I'm a call-in girl. I answer people. <laughs> Not everybody does, but think about what it takes for you to answer. For example, there is a podcast that I like called This Day in Esoteric Political History. And they were doing a member drive or a, they were doing a fundraiser, I want to say about two years ago. And they said, um, you know, donate up to $4 a month and um, you can have access to our spreadsheet where we list upcoming episodes. And I was like, hell yeah, I would love to know what's upcoming for this day in esoteric political history. And they said for $8 a month, you can suggest an episode. And I was like, that is freaking cool. I will do that as a one-time payment. So think about things like that. You know, what what can you give that gets people to respond? Um, if you're doing a survey, can you spare $50 as a raffle prize to the people who respond to or, or for one lucky winner? If you are looking for more comments on Apple Podcasts uh, for your reviews, give some give people something to answer rather than just li- leave us a rating and review that they don't know what to write. So say to them, like, what's your favorite piece of technology? Who was your most favorite recent guest of ours? You know, give them something to actually do. That's really helpful. And now look, behind the scenes, we are getting ready to launch a Patreon, one of the top top tiers, and we haven't figured out the pricing just yet. I mean, we've got it in our heads. But you see, this tool we're using called Squadcast has this thing called a backstage. Ooh. And I think, now, but the slight challenge is there are limited slots. We can have, on our plan that we're on right now, we can have five people backstage as well as five people on stage. So we won't be able to have the entire Patreon Community, we are making going to make this a top, you know, higher tier thing. And there's there's more stuff coming to backstage soon, or relatively Ooh. soon. You know, we're we're always working on suggestions. So if you want to have a hundred people backstage, let us know, and we'll we'll put that put that into the roadmap. <laughs> I think I've put, I put. I think I actually asked something recently about you know how can we connect a, a squadcast session to Twitch, for example, down the road. That's the one thing I love about working with squadcast and working you. Harking back to what you said earlier about making friends with the podcast apps, but also the tools you use yeah. to record. Important. Really important. You know, like talking to, so for example, talking to Rogue Amoeba, who make Audio Hijack, and say, hey, you know, I'd like this feature, or can you clarify what this does? Talking to Wooji uh, Juice, who make uh, Ferrite. Uh, my ultimate dream, by the way, and I'll be really transparent about this, is okay. one day there to be this beautiful partnership between Audio Hijack and Squadcast, where I could just put a Press a button in Audio Hijack, and it were it's a Squadcast session within. Say it out loud, you know, manifest it. Maybe it'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps, you know. It helps that you've got Zach's ear, I suppose. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's the sort of thing we want to do. We want to give, and I think you've hit the nail on the head. Giving people something as a reward for engaging, you know. So look, even on our lowest tier, you're going to have your, you know, people are going to have a name in our YouTube credits. People love a shout out, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I saw a thing that was, I saw a tweet today that was like. Hey, um, we're sourcing ideas for the next few episodes. Suggest something, and if we choose you, we'll shout you out. That's cool. And we're doing exactly the same thing. You know, for a certain tier, we're going to allow people to suggest. You can suggest as many episodes as you want, and if we pick you, you'll be credited as some sort of. I think we're going to call it like uh, idea, some sort of consultant, I like that, or something. Yeah, I'm on the episode because cross wires. I like that. Ooh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it is engaged, and I, I love the fact. Yeah, you're saying this is the sort of thing we might want you to talk about on Apple Review because then people can actually. It becomes more of a. This is why I like this show, rather than this show is great, the hosts are really friendly. 
So thank you, Abiel. Are there any tips that you would give? Because obviously we talked a little bit on both sides, listening to podcasts and creating podcasts. And I want to ask you two final questions. For those, let's start with those creating podcasts. What would be your biggest sort of encouragement to a new podcaster, someone who's just hitting the ground running? What would be your biggest encouragement? If it doesn't take off right away, stick with it. It is very hard to break into people's cycle of listening. There was a statistic that came out in March of this past year that said that the average podcast listener listens to eight podcasts. So some of those podcasts are always on. Some of those podcasts are series that are going to end and then they're going to look for their next one. But to break into that is hard. So give yourself some time, refine your content, be in it for the right reasons, I think is a big part of it. Think about what your goals are that are not necessarily huge growth and downloads. So are you refining your are you refining yourself as a as a speaker? Are you meeting people that you wouldn't get to meet otherwise? Are you getting to test out new technologies? There's lots of reasons to start a podcast. So define yourself some goals that are not just huge growth numbers and you should be okay. Great advice. Absolutely great. And that's definitely, you know, even if we never make a single dollar off this show or a single pound off this show, <laughs> I want to make content people enjoy it. And all, I know that many of you have reached out to me. And one of my favorite encouragements is when a guest will on Twitter say, I loved being on this show. Hell yeah. And we'll come back. Because I've had guests who are like, I want to come back on your show. That's the biggest compliment. So I think, you know, maybe, you know, treat your guests right is probably another good, a good another good tip. Yeah. You know, I know you, um, uh, Squadcast, have a wonderful guest checklist as well to help guests prepare. But, I mean, you know, Squadcast is really easy for guests to use. But I know you've got things, you know, about being a podcast guest. So thank you for those resources. What about as podcast listeners? Is I mean, I don't know if as much podcast listeners need to do, but what would you say in terms of discovery or engaging with shows? How would you maybe encourage people to, to do that? People listen to podcasts for all sorts of reasons, right? So for me, I like to listen to stay informed. I like to listen on like world news and world stories. But then I also like to listen to stay informed of what what's trending and, you know, who is creating what and how can I support them and things like that. So I, I ask my friends who are not who don't work in the podcast industry why they listen to podcasts. And a lot of times it's, oh, I, I have a long commute. And I want to or I love the celebrity and I want to keep up with them. I love The Bachelor and uh, I love this chat cast about The Bachelor. So there's not much you're right for people to do. But I think if you're looking to listen to more podcasts, I would subscribe to all of the podcast recommendation newsletters out there. It is such a great way to know what's trending, know what's upcoming, to keep up with this person who you loved from their previous series and now they have a new show out. And um, it's a really great way to support creators uh, and to support newsletter writers who in turn support creators. Absolutely. And as you said, there's so much variety. I know, for example, um, I don't know if they're still running, but there's the Office Ladies podcast, which was some of the cast of the female cast of The Office talking about the episodes. And I'm a huge Office fan. Yeah, you know, oh, I, British or US? both, be, for di- <laughs> both, but for different reasons. But yeah. For me, but completely off topic, but <laughs> for me, the US Office became a better show once they stopped copying the original series scripts. Yeah, and once they stopped, I, I, look, I like Ricky. Well, I say right, I like Ricky Gervais's comedy. I don't necessarily like Ricky Gervais as a person. David Brent, I feel like um, I would want to punch, whereas Michael Scott, you sort of feel more <laughs> sorry for. 
Yeah. You know. You're like, ah. Yeah. Oh, Michael, I bar- I burnt my foot. How did you burn <laughs> yes, your foot? The waffle thing. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, and you know, I'm I'm reaching out. You know, one of the things I love, <laughs> really, I well, this may never happen, but I've reached out to to Mike Judge, as in King of a Hill and Office Space creator. Wow. On the back of this week's episode, where you never know, you, you know. never know, and you'd be honestly again, just a, you'd be surprised who's willing to come on your show. Like I never thought, for example, that I would get Ken from Computer Clan or Zach coming on our show at such an early point in the show's run. Or Ariel Nissenblatt, what a get! <laughs> oh, absolutely, what an absolute get! You know. Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Aria. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Do you want to tell people where they can find you and, and your you know your podcast newsletters and how they can connect with you on social media? Sure. I am most active on Twitter. If you search Ari This and That, well, my last name is Nissenblatt, so This and That rhymes with Nissenblatt. Ari This and That. And I have a podcast recommendation newsletter, and you can get it by going to earbuds.audio. I got bought by an earpods collective, which actually turned to be turned out to be ads for just um, headphones. Really? Yeah, oh, I think they're trying that. to ride yeah. on your yeah. So interesting thing there is that I realized that my website, which is earbudspodcastcollective.org, dot uh, or earbuds.audio, you can get to one from the other. I rank pretty high for if you Google best podcast earbuds or things like that. So I've been trying to take advantage of that. But since I started. I have been also followed by like random bot accounts for trying to sell earbuds and ear pods and all that kind of stuff. So interesting sort of dyna- dynamic there. It's not me though. <laughs> and of course, um, you know, Ariel's part of the Squadcast team. Check out Squadcast. We'll have a, I'm going to be real, we'll have our affiliate link Yay. in the show description. You know, <laughs> good. Get, get yourself paid. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, seriously, if you're going to, look, there are lots of great recording tools out there, but. My experience with Squadcast has been, it is so easy to use, but more importantly, there is that community. Look, you know, Ariel was kind enough to feed drop us on uh, the recent uh, Between Two Mics. Is that the right? Yes. The podcast is called Between Two Mics for full transparency. We have been calling it the Squadcast podcast lately because we are working on a rebrand. It's a very slow rebrand and we may be changing the name of the show officially, but to search for it, it's Between Two Mics. Awesome. Um, Yeah, we were featured. In fact, it was the episode we had with Zach. Um, Go and check it out just to make sure that, you know, they get download numbers because it helps, again, engagement, and it helps them yeah. to see, yeah, people yeah. are engaging in our remote recording content. I'd love to hear your stories. Are you a podcaster? Um, tell us you know, some of the fun things you've had to deal with. Maybe if you listen to podcasts, what's your favorite podcast app? Why, why do you like that app? What recommendations would you make? And, of course, thank you, everyone, for listening, and thank you again, Ariel, for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cross Wires. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and we'd love to hear your thoughts. So please drop us a note over to podcast at crosswires.net. You can also drop us a comment on the post or if you're a good pod user, why not start a discussion there too? Make sure you follow us on Twitter at CrosswiresMG. And of course, you can find the show in all the good podcast apps and all the really bad ones too. If you'd like to check out more of our content, head on over to crosswires.net slash YouTube for all our videos. And keep an eye on our Twitch channel at frostwires.net slash live for our upcoming streams. If you like what we heard, please do drop a review in your podcast directory of choice. It really does help spread the word about the show. And of course, if you can spare even the smallest amount of financial support, we'd be incredibly grateful. You can support us at ko-fi.com slash crosswires. That is ko-fi.com slash crosswires. 
Until next time, thanks for listening.